Hello, and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah and Noah sat down to talk about Rick and Ralph. Today, I am super excited to have Noah Copeland on the podcast. Noah, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you know me? Hi, cool peeps. Uh, my name is Noah Copeland. I'm a little bit of a weird creative fellow. I uh, work on films and video games and music, often doing something related to the audio, whether it be the sound design or the music. Um, I know Hannah because if you listen to another previous episode, Tyler Copeland was on. That is my wife and Hannah's friend. I've known Hannah since uh, college. and We yeah. had classes together. Which was fun. We did. Because we usually looked at each other like, what is this idiot saying right now? I feel like that <laughs> happened a lot. But maybe it's just me. Maybe I felt that way and you were, you're a lot less judgmental than I am. So I felt that way and I looked at you. <laughs> you, you haven't <laughs> seen me in my element Thinking though. you uh, had the same thought process as me. And maybe you didn't. Um, so yeah, we were in the same major until Noah left. You left when I, we graduated, right? Or did you leave before we graduated? In 14? Shortly before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we had a class together every semester from the time you came to Cameron to when you left, I think. I'm pretty Yeah, just about. pretty confident. But maybe I'm making that up. It's fine. Who knows? It's it was whatever. college. Do you want to share any of what you have going on? Uh, like social media wise or anything like that? Sure. Uh, professionally, I go by Noah in Copeland, in being my middle initial. Uh, so all my social media is usually at Noah in Copeland, Instagram uh, or Twitter. Uh, NoahCopeland <laughs> uh, com is uh, my website as well. If you want to check out that, uh, it shows off all my weird little things I make with uh, relating to sound and music. Uh, demo reels and products I've worked on and all that kind of cool stuff. Uh, I recently had a film. If you want to watch some of my work and you have Amazon Prime, uh, Scott and Crowley, a comic book adventure, is uh, actually available to stream on Amazon Prime right now. It's a comedy film about two comic book nerds trying to find the world's rarest comic book. It was really good. Thank I, you. I don't know that I've seen the final version it's I don't not think much I have, because I saw it at the shorts. That wasn't the final version, right? Yeah, I think the version you saw was a uh, very early screening. We still had a couple of sound effects and music cues missing uh, that needed to be in there, but those are all in there. It's still mostly the same edit, same story, so you got the gist of it. Yeah, it's good. Um, I'll make sure to link everything he just mentioned in the show notes. Let's jump right into Wreck-It Ralph, which is your movie. Tell us why you picked this movie. Uh, I love Wreck-It Ralph. It's a very fun movie, very well written, and particularly it's cool because of the whole video game thing. It uses video games as a medium to sort of, and all the tropes of video games, particularly classic arcade games, to tell its story in a film, which is really cool. Uh, it's probably one of the few video game-related movies that's actually good, Um and yeah, Pat it's Pac-Man. it's really unique for that way. <laughs> was that wasn't that a movie a couple years ago, Pac Man? Or was Pac Man just in the movie? 
Pac-Man is in Wreck-It Ralph. He does have a cameo. Well, I know that, but wasn't there a movie like not very long ago that Oh, you're thinking of Pixels with Adam Sandler. Okay. Okay. That didn't go over well, right? Yeah, I didn't even see it because it just didn't look good. (laughs) So give us a brief overview of the story, beginning, middle, end. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, our main character, Wreck-It Ralph, is a character in an arcade game. Uh, If you've ever seen the arcade game, arcade game donkey kong picture that it's a big tough bad guy destroying things and um little carpenter plumber type man fixing things um basically his role is to be the bad guy in the video game but he feels bad about being a bad guy because he you know no one respects him or treats him well because he's the bad guy get away from me you'll never be good he challenges one of the uh, npcs in the game that if he could just get a medal that good guys get medals so if he could just get a medal of you know victory or honor somehow he'd be a good guy uh basically he goes to try to get that medal and along the way runs into this uh he ends up in a different video game a kart racer called sugar rush meets this little sweet girl named penelope and they become an interesting pair because they're kind of in the same situation she is basically a glitch in unused data in her game and she can't actually officially race in the cart race. Because she doesn't have any coins. Yeah. You have to have a coin. To she has to have a coin. she's never won, and so she can't. So that's why she steals Ralph's medal, because it basically looks like a coin. They're both kind of sort of after this medal. And then there's this weird little dude in Sugar Rush named King Candy. Yeah, he's so creepy. Yeah, <laughs> my wife hates him. <laughs> King Candy tells Ralph, they're, they're kind of working together, because basically Ralph decides that if he can help Penelope win the race, she'll get a medal. And then he can use that medal to prove himself as a good guy. Mm-hmm. However, King Candy convinces Ralph that if Vanellope gets into the game, does race in the game, she'll be added to the roster, and then she'll be all weird and glitchy because she basically just uh, sort of glitches uh, all the time. She pixelates for a second and, and, and stutters. And um, if sh- they see that in the game, the people at the arcade, they'll think the game's broken, the game will get closed, and because she's a glitch, she cannot leave her game, and when the game gets unplugged, she'll die. So uh, Ralph destroys the cart, tells her she can't participate. Big mistake. Way big mistake. Very uh, emotional, uh, I guess, <laughs> moment in the movie. Trust the bad guy. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, trust the bad guy, because there's this whole legend throughout the thing about going turbo that Ralph has, quote-unquote, gone turbo, which is referencing this old racer uh, that was part of this game. It was like turbo something, and the guy's catchphrase was turbo-tastic. And uh, yeah. Turbo got jealous of another racing game and hop-jumped games and got both games shut down. And that's the legend of Turbo. Don't Whatever you do, don't go turbo. Ralph's going turbo because he's jumping games. How dare he? That kind of thing. However, Ralph realizes when he looks at the box art of the co- or the console art on the side of the arcade cabinet for Sugar Rush, Vanellope was is on the side. If she's some just weird glitch, why is she on the promotional art for the game? So Record Ralph uncovers it that King Candy had her wiped from the game, and nobody really knows why, because King Candy went into the code of the game and locked up everyone's memory, basically. So Ralph realizes he's wrong and knows that if Vanellope can just fin- cross the finish line, the game will reset, everyone's memory was restored. So he goes to make that happen. However... The monster under the bed. Ralph, when he was getting his medal earlier, he accidentally unleashed a swarm of giant munching insects called cybugs. And now they've infected Sugar Rush and they basically destroy, start destroying everything. And Vanellope can't finish the race because the whole track gets destroyed. 
uh, by yeah, the crazy there is starter. no finish line for her to cross. Exactly. We we find out that King Candy is actually um, turbotastic the whole time. That he basically reprogrammed the whole game and had everyone's memory wiped so that he could take over as King Candy and hide his true identity as Turbo. He gets eaten by a cybug, morphs into a nasty cybug because all Disney villains have to morph into some monster by the end of it. Yeah. So that's his monster. Ralph basically finds a way to both stop the cybug infection and save the world by creating a giant beacon of light because bugs are attracted to light. And uses Mentos and Diet Coke. Mentos and Diet Coke because everyone knows that uh, great pop fiction uh, piece of trivia. The cybugs are all destroyed. The protagonist of Ralph's game, Fix-It Felix, is Fix-It Felix Jr., pardon, <laughs> <laughs> is able to use his magic hammer to fix the finish line back. Penelope crosses the finish line. Everything is restored. The game is reset. King Candy is gone for good. Good riddance. Penelope is... And everyone has their memory back. Everyone has their memory back. Penelope's back where she should be. Everyone goes back to their games. Ralph gets treated with respect now in his own game. Even though he's the quote-unquote bad guy, they understand he's important to the game. And... Everybody sort of completes their art and gets happy. It's wonderful. Yeah. What did you forget before you saw it again? I think I forgot. There's one thing. There was something I forgot. Now I forgot it. <laughs> I'll share mine and maybe it'll jog your memory. Yeah, go for it. Um, I really always forget how mean the people in the game are to Ralph. He's literally just doing his, like, job. Like, his job is to wreck. And they're so mean to him. And they're just jerks about the entire thing. And then the same is true of the fellow racers on Sugar Rush. They are extremely mean to Vanellope. They tell her she's a glitch. And they never, like, give her kind of the time of day. And they're really giant jerks as well. And so I had forgotten how mean the people were that weren't necessarily the villains of the movie. Mm. Um, but our our villains are kind of like side villains there's like multiple villains in this movie so uh, that's what i forgot uh i w- that's funny i actually do not forget that part those parts are the ones that stick out the most to me because uh, because <laughs> yeah. what's important i think really to the kind of rouse story this is why i think it's this story is so clever because it sort of uses the tropes of video games to tell a story ralph is the bad guy he does the bad things he wrecks things and because of that because games are you know they're programmed they have code characters are supposed to act a certain way they're designed they're supposed to be designed a certain way so it's this idea that ralph he's supposed to be the bad guy that's all that he can be so when he starts challenging that that what role is uh, sort of cast upon him by society that what if i'm not the bad guy what if i did this what if i did that of course everyone's action is is how I don't know how many times when he's going off about what if I did this, what if I did that, all the people yeah. of Niceville or whatever it is are gasping like, oh, like he's just saying blasphemy, like this is the yeah. way it's supposed to be, this is how yeah. it's programmed and designed, and he says no, and I think it's really uh, cool uh, because I think there are a lot of things uh, in life that people tell you no you can't do, this is the way it's supposed to be, and oftentimes when somebody has a bright idea and goes against that is when cool things happen and stuff gets invented and new things get uh, learned and taught and that kind of thing. So, yeah, that hey, part sticks this, out to me. Let's eat this moldy bread and discover penicillin. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to eat yeah. moldy bread. Yeah. Are there any other thoughts you have about the storyline of the movie specifically? I love the way that every character sort of gets completed 
in terms of their arc by the end. Almost every loose end of the story is wrapped up. Very efficient storytelling. Uh, you know, Ralph sort of has his arc from good guy to quote unquote accepted good guy, bad guy, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Vendelope gets to be a racer in the game and people embrace her glitchness, you know, kind of a almost Rudolph like story. Uh, even Fix It Felix Jr. realizes he's wrong. He and all the other people of Niceville realize he's wrong about Ralph. He also falls in love with this girl named Calhoun, who was against love because of her tragic backstory. Even the side characters, like little Cubert. Cubert is homeless at the start of the movie. Yeah, and he gets a home. And he gets a home. They didn't even have to do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just a some side character. But every single thing in that movie... Uh, gets worked out. There's so many setups and payoffs. I think it's a really well, really well told story, and that's why kind of why I picked it. So I loved some of the nods to other movies. There's a Wizard of Oz moment where the Oreo guards are outside the castle, mm. and they're like Oreo, Oreo, that's which good. is what they do in the Wizard of Oz. And then there's also a nod to Star Wars when Ralph is in the chocolate pond, and he has yeah. the candy as a snorkel and he's breathing just like Darth Vader breathes and so I thought that was kind of cool to have these nods to these movies that at the time were not Disney movies but oh, now yeah, you know Star Wars is um but like Wizard of Oz is not a Disney movie I want to say it's I'm not I want to like say old, Paramount okay it's like, like so, an old MGM or something yeah maybe Paramount with MGM or something. I I see the mountain in my head, um, <laughs> but that could be totally wrong. But as a, we know for sure it's not Disney. And yeah. so I thought that was interesting that they gave those nods to those movies that weren't Disney films, um, which is interesting. We'll talk more about the sequel Actually, because there are a lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot there. of nods to stuff that Disney doesn't own in general with video games. That's really cool is all the video game nods oh, yeah. in there as well. Like um, the fact that uh, Penelope lives in a unfinished level that's still left over in the game's data because there's all kinds of channels on YouTube you can look at look at that basically uh, sort of data mine games and find unused content and just sort of show them off. Here's an unfinished level. It's really interesting. Uh, the fact that King Candy, there's a scene where he goes into the game's code. And in order to get into the game's code, he uses, you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, ref, uh, left, right, left, right, be a start which is the classic Konami code, which was a very famous cheat code in old NES games. He even inputs it on a Nintendo Entertainment System controller. Uh, they call the you know the showdown, the final showdown in the battle, welcome to the boss level. There's, a, there's even a shot of, in the arcade in the background, when it's sort of doing a time montage of all the different arcades, of an uh, arcade game called Sonic the Fighters, which is a Sonic the Hedgehog fighting arcade game that, like, Three Which people is have played. That you didn't mention in your introduction is I feel like you picked this movie because you are such a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan. In addition to being a video game fan, like I feel like that was a very major part of like yourself yes. that you left out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I do love Sonic the Hedgehog, and I guess yeah, I should have said Sonic the Hedgehog is in this movie. Uh, he has a very small cameo role, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's actually voiced by the official Sonic actor that does. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, as are all the characters from Street Fighter, Ken Ryu and uh, M. Bison, all voiced by their respective actors from the official games, which is really cool. Wow. There's a lot of crossover and licensing deals that I think had to happen to make this movie and get all these games and these uh, voice actors and talent 
in there. And so that just makes it even cooler. So I think we can move right into characters. I'm just going to name off a few of them. Like you mentioned, there are a lot of very minor characters, even though they have kind of these roles to move the story forward. So this is obviously not an exhaustive list, but there's Ralph, Fixit Felix Jr., Vanellope Von Schweep, King Candy, Calhoun, and then, like I said, so many minor characters in this story as well. Who are your favorites? Uh, well, I just really like Ralph, to be honest. I know that's a pretty cool answer because he's the main character, but I think he's really well done. I think John Strirati does excellent work. Uh, what I love about him is that even though he's the bad guy, he's really not a bad guy at all. Like, he has a no, little bit he... of a temper problem, right? Yes, yeah. Like, when he hits the jawbreaker and she's like <laughs> you're not gonna be able to break it and then like she finishes her sentence and it just goes yeah. and like opens completely up yeah he does have a temper problem yeah but at the same time it's also a little bit of a strength because he has he's very strong physically you know which he can use to his uh advantage uh throughout the film uh to like fight and whatnot so but he's actually a really good guy like his um i don't know if you're familiar with the term save the cat I feel like I've heard it. I'll, I'll just cover it real briefly in case your audience isn't familiar with it either. But it's basically a technique in storytelling where early on a character does something nice for someone else or an, an animal, i.e. save the cat, that sort of makes you like them. Um, what Wreck-It Ralph does pretty early on is very similar, I think, to Aladdin's save the cat moment is um, Wreck-It Ralph gives poor homeless Cubert one of his cherries. Uh he has Cherry sitting there eating it, and he just sees Cubert. They don't have a home, so he just gives gives him his one. So even though he's supposed to be the bad guy of the game, here he is just giving homeless people food, you know. So it sort of just establishes him as very likable and just a very easy to relate to character. So my favorite is definitely Vanellope, so I don't feel bad about picking Ralph because I'm also picking a main character. She's just so determined to win, and she doesn't let the fact that She's a glitch, like, stop her from anything. And I just really love that about her. She doesn't give up. And at one point she says, like, I'm a racer. I feel it in my code. And, like, she knows that she's supposed to be doing this. Mm. She's not going to let outside sources stop her. And so she's my favorite. She's also sassy, too. Yeah, she is really sassy. <laughs> so another thing I was thinking about, and I thought I had written this down. She kind of reminds me of myself. Oh, really? Like, she's very sassy. She doesn't quit. She doesn't just, like, accept no for an answer. Do you see how this fits me now mm. as I'm saying these things? Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> she's really, she's definitely my favorite. What do these characters make you think of? You mentioned Donkey Kong. Right, And I yeah. can see that a little bit. Yeah, Fix it, Felix Jr. And that whole game is sort of basically, feels like an uh, an. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Just a combination of all three Donkey Kong arcade games, uh, in a way. You could definitely tell it's kind of leaning into that uh, sort of imagery. Yeah, so it definitely makes me think of that, for sure. I said, I do think it's interesting how the police are painted as evil henchmen, and that they are donuts. You of know, course the fact they're donuts. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, painted very evilly, which I don't feel like is done very much. In our culture, even though we have reports of things that police are doing on television and whatnot, typically in movies, police are portrayed as the good guys, and they are not in this movie. 
It's... Um, and so I thought those two things were really interesting and an, an interesting way to look at our characters. That's because they're subordinate to King Candy. Yes. And you can't be yeah, good. Yeah, and so and they can't. Yeah, yeah. We'll move right into quotes. Do you have a favorite quote from this movie? Uh, I don't know if it qualifies as a quote because it's not like something I walk around saying, but I guess a good just moment of dialogue for me is uh, when Ralph is sort of sacrificing himself into the thing of Mentos and he does the bad guy creed. She's like, Oh, yeah. I'm bad and that's good. I will never be good and that's not bad. Uh, there's nobody I'd rather be than me. That part gets me every time, man. I, I get a yeah. little teary-eyed. It's it's just so good. One of the plot points in this movie is that he's having such a hard time that he actually goes to group therapy, and it feels very AA. Like, it very, feels yeah. very Alcoholics Anonymous. He says and, one game at a time instead of one day at a time, yeah. which is and, AA slogan. Right, and they, you know, they all say, Hi, I'm Ralph. And they say, Hi, Ralph. You know, and so that creed comes from at the end of their mo- meetings. We don't see the beginning. I would guess they probably say it at the beginning and at the end. Yes, um, it's a callback to the very start of the movie. So that's really neat how it, like you said, it really wraps it up in a bow. It's very much full circle, this whole movie. I have two favorite quotes from this movie. Um, mine are not nearly as um, meaningful. Um, one of them was in the, uh, race car factory when King Candy busts in with his donut police henchmen people and Ralph squirts him with icing and the police officer says, are you okay, sire? And King Candy says, I'm fine. He just glazed me. (laughs) He just glazed me. Yeah. Like, that's one of those jokes where they're aware of how terrible it is because if you listen to the music. Like, some terrible chord on the organ plays right when he says that, as if to say, like, oh, yeah, cringe, please. We're we're leaning into this. And so I thought it was really funny. Um, And then Ralph was, um, just think to yourself. He's saying this to Vanellope as she's getting ready to, I want to say she's getting ready to actually race. um, But I could be wrong. He says, just think to yourself. You must win Ralph's medal or his life will be ruined. And have fun. Yep. <laughs> just sends them on our way. No pressure or anything. So you mentioned that you obviously don't say the creed. Are there any other quotes from this movie that you use? Uh, I do. You mentioned it earlier. I do occasionally when I eat Oreos after seeing Oreo. Oreo. Because why yeah. wouldn't you? It's just too good. Yeah. I um, I don't use anything from this movie. Uh, we're going to move right into sequel, which when I talked to you about your movie uh, last week, you were like, do we get to talk about the sequel? And I was like, yes, we get to talk about the sequel. And I actually watched it today, so I feel like I'm prepared to discuss this movie with you. Um, so what do you think of the sequel? I so. do not like the sequel. I do not. And I have, I unlike you, I didn't watch it today because I have no interest in ever seeing that movie again. <laughs> I watched it in the theaters uh, with a bunch of children. And um, <laughs> I really don't, the reason I don't like the sequel is because I almost think the first film is too good because it, like we said, everything's full circle. It wraps up everything so neatly. That there's like nowhere to go. Everything's right. finished. The story is told. They had to, in order to get the sequel going, they had to invent new problems. And one of that, right. one of the main problems at the start is I'm bored of everything being so well wrapped up and perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it just feels like the whole thing just feels like we just had to make something invent something so that we could just get it going 
and Ralph becomes I man. So the first one used it doesn't feel like good use of the characters of Wreck It Ralph. The first one used the whole classic arcade video game thing to tell its story. There's a reason why that takes place in an arcade game because that story doesn't make any sense without any of that. Right. But it almost feels like they could have like they had their other story going on about the internet and then he said, "Hey, let's just put Ralph in it. We could insert him <laughs> in there." And let's make him extremely codependent on a child. Which yeah, is where did creepy. that come from? Where did, yeah, does he show any signs of that in the first film? They no. had to invent a new flaw and a new problem to go yeah. anywhere because it was already taken care of. Yeah. I first off, I found the movie really creepy. Like the whole thing, Ralph just seems obsessed with Vanellope. And that's creepy because yeah, like she's like six a, or something. <laughs> right, right. She she doesn't age. She's like Peter Pan. Right. Um, because they talk about a lot, like there's been six years between the movies. Um, they talk about how Fix-It Felix and Calhoun. Calhoun have been married for six years. So it's very obvious that a significant amount of time has passed. But still, like there doesn't need to be this codependent relationship between this man and a six-year-old or whatever so i don't like that <laughs> especially john c Riley. yes <laughs> and i don't like how many plot holes there are in this movie so real quick the kind of the story is the candy why can i not remember the name of the game sugar rush sugar racers sugar racers right sugar rush sugar rush gets broken the wheel that you drive with gets broken. And the kids help Mr. Litwack and they're like, hey, look, it you can buy a new wheel for $200 on eBay. And he's like, and you see the screen and you see $200. They don't actually say it. And he goes, oh, this is, this is not, uh, this game doesn't make this much in, in a year. So that's my very, this happens at the very beginning of the movie. And I'm like, this is a major plot hole. Because first off, they talk about how popular the game is. And if you take $200, I did the math because I was sitting there. Oh, God. <laughs> if you take $200 and say that they paid 25 cents a play, the game would only need to be played two to three times a day, which doesn't seem like that much. Yeah, like that's way easy. And I, uh, I shared that with my husband and he said, why did you do 25 cents? And I was like, well, like they put their quarters on the game at the end of the last movie to show like it's their turn mm -hmm. when they get to their quarter. And he said, quarter alert, quarter alert. And he said, he said, I think that's like them just saving their place. He said a game like that usually costs a dollar to play. So if that was the case, they would, it would only need to be played every other day. So that's a major plot point that really bothered me. Obviously I did the math. So obviously, yeah, so I'm not going to do the math because I hate math, so that went right over my head, but that just shows you right there, they had to invent a new problem. Right. Oh, Sugar Rush isn't that popular. The The first one ends with, oh my gosh, Sugar, Lo Sugar Rush right, and uh, Sugar. Felix are so much more popular than they've ever been. Exactly. Quarters, quarters, quarters. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I also didn't like that Mindy Kaling didn't voice Taffeta in the new one. I don't know if you noticed that. But like I did not. The gap between me seeing the sequel and the first one was long enough that I don't remember. Yeah, and I watched I watched Wreck It Ralph yesterday, and I watched the new one today. Would you be open to a sequel if you got to be in charge? And what would you want it to look like? Ooh, okay. So if I absolutely had to make a sequel, no, you don't have I would... to. It's up. To, it is one hundred percent up to you. Okay. Well. I probably would lean no, but if I did, I do think that what they did is not the way to do it. You should, 
I think it would have been better to have followed the natural progression of video games because they jumped straight from arcade to the internet and cat memes, which I feel like is a huge gap. It should go from arcades to home consoles and handhelds, then maybe to the internet. So, like, you know, you could have had uh, somebody at the arcade plugs in their 3DS to charge or something, and Vanellope accidentally wanders in there, gets trapped in the 3DS. She gets taken away from the arcade because the Ooh. history of video games is they started in the arcade mm-hmm. and then moved to the home and mobile. So then Wreck-It Ralph must go to home and be mobile and, and travel her. that world yeah, to, to save her because she's trapped outside of the arcade. I like it. There you go. That that way you could add, and then maybe you could have still gone to the internet in the third one. You could have made it a trilogy or something. No, yeah. I think it would have felt more natural like that. Yeah, I I like that. I like that a lot. Cool. So hire me, Pixar. What are you doing? Yeah. One thing I was gonna say is that this is um, the latest Disney animated movie, and a lot of people don't recognize it as an animated movie because it's not flat. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this comes from Disney's Animation Studios. It's not like a. <laughs> it's literally in the name, right. Animation right. Studios. Right. Did you think that? Did you thought? I guess that's a testament to how good the animators did. That this person thinks it was live action. <laughs> right. So it's not based on a movie. It's not a remake. What's your favorite mo- moment from the original? From the original, uh, absolutely. Like I said, like I, like I said, love his closing. Uh, the Badanon speech as he goes into uh, the Mentos. That is incredible. And, of course, I love anytime Sonic's on there (laughs) (laughs) talking. Sonic actually has a pretty... I actually like Sonic's cameo in the sequel better. That was the only good part. Sonic's like like a book club at the sequel. It says something very interesting (laughs) about the novel or something, which is hilarious because it's just not something Sonic would say. Ralph says something... Where you can tell he clearly, I don't know if he didn't read the book, he didn't understand the book, but he says something about the book that's, like, really vague. And Sonic's like, oh my gosh, that's so deep. And, <laughs> and, and Ralph's like, oh yeah, that's what I meant to say. The fact that Sonic the Hedgehog would be at a book club is also to start ridiculous, with is, yeah. Is very hilarious, yeah. That guy does not have the patience to read. My favorite moment was probably when they're building the car and Ralph gets so frustrated with Vanellope because she's sending the wrong things into the wrong buckets. And I really like that moment because he like just takes over and his instinct to like help her takes over. And so that's my favorite moment. Nice. Are there good stuff, man? Are there any final thoughts that you have? Uh, This movie was too good for a sequel, so should have left alone. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I don't want to end that. That's too negative. <laughs> uh, Record Ralph is an incredible movie. Uh, incredible use of video games as a medium to tell your story. I love it to death. Love, love, love Record Ralph. So you should see it if you haven't. Right. Please do. Okay. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being on tonight. I appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter and TikTok at Princess in the Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after. <laughs>